Welcome to a bonus episode of the Beaver Tales podcast. Now, normally on every episode, I chat with a former Oregon State student athlete to hear about their life since OSU and talk about their memories competing for the Beavers. Now, today, my guest is not a former Oregon State student athlete. Actually, he comes from Washington State. There is an Oregon State connection. It's through Kyle Nobet, who was a senior on the 2018 Beaver baseball team that won the national championship. If you listen to Kyle's podcast, which was one of the early ones on the Beaver Tales podcast, he brought up Colin Henderson and the mental conditioning work he does with Colin. In fact, becoming certified through Colin's program. So the first question I'll ask Colin is actually about Kyle Noback, but then we just kind of touch on Colin's career and the mental conditioning work he does. And it was so fascinating that I just had to say, look, I'm just going to put this on the podcast because I know people will enjoy it, even though it's not technically a former Oregon State student athlete. But we do start and end the conversation about OSU, talk a little bit about Pat Casey. But the middle and the bulk of the conversation is just about the things he's learned through mental preparation, mental conditioning that are very applicable, not just to athletes, but much more broadly. I initially talked to Colin because I wanted to chat with him for the documentary that I'm producing on the Beaver baseball team since he knows Kyle Novak and he could speak to the mental preparation that Oregon State has done. In fact, one of the episodes will be dedicated specifically to the meditation, visualization, and mental preparation that the Beaver baseball team did in 2018. Colin Henderson, by the way, a two-sport athlete at Washington State, baseball and football. He's now an industry leader in mental conditioning, regularly contributing to Russell Wilson's company, Limitless Minds. He also does trainings that have been used by a variety of companies and sports teams, including Nike, Microsoft, the Los Angeles Dodgers, Alaska Airlines, Lululemon, Oregon State, and a lot more. So you'll get the gist once we start talking. He's got plenty to say and a very sharp guy. Please welcome Colin Henderson. So when I talked with Kyle Novak a couple months ago, he had brought up your name and said he was going through a certification process and it didn't really register in the moment. And later when I was listening back to the episode, I heard him mention your name and I thought, wait, who's this Colin Henderson guy? So I wanted to ask further about that certification thing, what he's learning, what's this whole process that Kyle Novak is going through? Yeah, so I met Kyle at a place called Base by Pros where they train softball players, they train people in baseball, you know, pitching hitting, fielding, teamwork. So just doing some content for them. Here's this young kid out of college coming in. And, you know, I, I was doing programs and coming up with content where they, they teach. So at, at that organization, when they kids come in to train, they're going to train physically for 45 minutes. And they have like 10 minutes where we're teaching the, the mental game. And I created curriculum for them. And part of my role with that, with them is I would, you know, coach the, uh, the staff so i'd you know occasionally spend an hour with them just listening to their goals and how things are going and help us connect better and help us improve and that first session with kyle i think kyle just said you know i i love personal development i love success i love mindset and just kind of like he's just a student of success and i was speaking a language that was not like launch angle and how fast can you run from home to first it was like resilience confidence mindfulness self-talk and he was just like this is like so valuable. And then he kind of got open about his story with like mindfulness and how, you know, that was such a huge part of his game plan to get ready was, you know, pregame. Um, I think it was, it was Jaeger that taught them some, some mindfulness practices where they would breathe and they would just connect to the present moment and they would visualize. So I think he saw how powerful 
that stuff was. And especially for him getting injured and had to overcome the injury as fast as he did. It's like mind over matter. You can think, think yourself into injury. You can think yourself into, into getting um, healed. So just that initial meeting, we have this like connection and, you know, the phrase game recognize game. I think we just saw that, okay, here's, we are very similar in terms of like, we weren't the most talented, but we were like great teammates and hard workers and, you know, looking to find an edge. So I think he just saw like, man, I want more of what you're talking about. Yeah. So we just formed a friendship. So we actually drove down to, to stay with, with Mitch, uh, that this what uh last winter or something and just spent a lot of time in his brand new truck i made i made him drive um and just talk about life talk about performance talk about you know uh how, how to lead people and um i just we had this connection yeah what was your first impression of kyle and his energy the the juice as you say what, what, yeah what you know the phrase if you want to be useful you got to be juiceful and he has this authentic energy. Um, just, he looks you straight in the eye. He almost has a smile on his face 24 seven. And you know that this dude is like the hardest working, hardest work in the room. Like there's just no doubt. And, you know, seeing him work with kids, like he loves people. He loves mentoring. And so this uh, COVID time, when we can go back together, we had this little small group where we're teaching five mental skills to some pro guys and some guys that are playing college ball that they, they can't play. So, um, I have a program online where you can be a certified like mindset coach. I have my own little program where I teach five mental skills. So we kind of broke, I teach a lot of mental skills, but you know, putting in, putting in a program to get certified. So we kind of did this like small group and to see like your, your mentee kind of co-lead and coach, you know, he's, he's in this, this cool spot where he's like their peer, but he's older, he's older than them too. So he's still like young, but he's still, out of the game a little bit to where he can talk about his experiences, but he's doing this work and learning these concepts and like teaching this stuff. So I think that's what he was talking about. And uh, I think he's going to, he's going to be a great coach, but he knows, you know, you can train your body, you can train your craft, you can train your mind and just hitting off the tee and doing long toss, uh, just going to the weight room to lift your, 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 your physical strength. Like there's this third element of mindset training where like the best, especially baseball, man, like each pitch lasts like what, two or three seconds. And then there's, you know, a ton of time in, in between each pitch. And there's a ton of time out in the outfield balls been hit to you. You only get four at bats a game. Like there's that inner game that a lot of, there's a lot of people lose that inner game. You know, they think themselves or they talk themselves into getting out or letting one bad play or one bad pitch turn to like a whole bad game in a bad series. So I think in baseball, we're seeing that every major league team has a mental skills coach. And we're finally kind of catching up to, you know, you spend $400 on that bat. But that expensive bat's like going to guarantee getting hit. So what are you doing to get your, your mindset cleaned up? So I think he's going to incorporate coaching the mental game because he's the head coach at, uh, at Bend. They have a, a summer team that got canceled. But and he's like, I'm going to incorporate like a program with, with our guys because this is – the missing puzzle piece. Mm. I think you could maybe help explain some of the concepts of the mental game. And you just kind of touched on why it's so important. This, why I talk, he may have talked about Tyler Graham a little bit, who kind of led the meditation mm. sessions. And yeah. also like, you know, why don't we put more emphasis on the mental game? We practice so much mm -hmm. on the physical and the fundamentals, but mm -hmm. people don't put enough emphasis on the mental game. Even though you didn't work hands-on with Oregon State players in the mental game mm -hmm. in 2018, you can still explain some of the concepts of what, the mental game looks like what you teach. So some of the concepts I've gotten the most from interviewing Alan Jager, interviewing Greg Warburton, a couple guys who kind of were mental skills coaches 
is has to do with thoughts, negative thoughts, how to handle negative moments, uh, how meditation helped them, that sort of thing. Maybe that's kind of what you focus on. Maybe it's a different area. I don't yeah. know. What, what's some of the main one or two main things when you're working with players of mm-hmm. how you coach them and, and how the mental game makes a, a particular impact with them? Yeah. So my, my goal is to make mental skills training normal and to just demystify. So as you've noticed in the industry, no one uses sports psychology language because it freaks people out when you say psychology. So they use mental conditioning or performance or mental skills. So it's kind of like we're debunking the stigma. Like when you talk to a mental coach, like there's something wrong. So the phrasing we use is you don't need to be sick to get better. So just like how you would go to a weight room and work with a strength coach, okay, we're going to work on core, we're going to work on back, bicep, you know, glutes, whatever. So I've just kind of, there's a lot of things you can teach, but if you're going to put together this, this program, the five mental skills, I think everyone should train. The first one is self-awareness. So you talked about negative thinking and all that type of stuff. So part of self-awareness is just taking a step back and observing what I call your thought life. And recognizing what we call this, you're this inner critic. And if you know brain science, it tells us that 80% of human thoughts are negative. And 95% of thoughts are reoccurring. So especially baseball, that is detrimental to your performance if you're reliving and if you're pre-living every moment. So just having the awareness, where's my focus? Is in the past? Is in the future? We, we want to train to be one, one pitch warriors. And just have that mental focus. Uh, is this thought real? Probably not. Let's just gently come back to the present moment through breath, through sound, through eyesight, through movement. And just really step one for awareness is just recognizing when your internal judge, I call ants, automatic negative thoughts pop up and just get back to the present moment. And also recognizing, you know, when have I been at my best? What were my thoughts like during those moments? My, my habits, my routines and like usually the first question I'm working with a pro athlete college athlete or youth athlete is like when you're at your best like what does that feel like what habits routines were you doing just oftentimes we just we just study our failures but like when, when are you crushing it you know so and then so that's kind of part of like self-awareness just recognizing you know when am I at my best you know when am I at my worst I guess and like what are some common negative thoughts that and it's have them really self-reflect and we like to say uh the first and greatest victory is over self. The biggest competition is you. So just getting that cleaned up a little bit. Um, and then the second one is probably my, one of my favorite things to talk about, and that is self-talk. It's like having a game plan on how you're going to speak to yourself and being really proactive with it and having what we call affirmations. You can call them I am statements. You can call them anchor statements. You can call it your internal advertising campaign. Because most people like talk themselves out of doing something great or they do a checklist on why they're not worthy or why they're going to fail. Actually, we're going to clean it up. We're going we're gonna to talk ourselves into this and say why I am worthy. I've had success before. I, I'm credible with my self-talk because I put in the work and I'm going to focus on maybe w- these one or two things when I'm in that moment. And part of self-talk training is we're going to train mindfulness. So there are two types of mindfulness training. There's what's called a single point of focus. We're going to focus on a mantra or a breath or a sound or something we're looking at. Or there's what I call active mindfulness, where we're going to actively focus on our gratitude or affirmations, or we're going to visualize using imagery, all our senses to put ourselves in in that environment. And there's just a lot of evidence on, you know, the brain cannot tell the difference between a real imagined event. 
So we're creating neural pathways, mental grooves, and we're rehearsing what we want to have happen prior to that moment. Or we're replaying moments when we're at our best. And having a game plan when we were hit in the mouth or we fail, we're going to respond like a certain way. So just taking time to go to the mind gym, taking time to exercise and just kind of walk through, you know, um, to get into that kind of peak state and just kind of rehearse these things emotionally, mentally. And your brain can't tell the difference. It really can't. So we can like 10x our performance by we, we take, you know, swings in the cage and then just kind of walking through like, who, who am I facing? What park are we playing in? Do my whole, my, my routine, you know, in our mind, like how you're going to, you know, feel the bat and just all our senses. Like you are literally, your brain cannot tell the difference. And the third thing we teach is, is this too much info? I'm acting. I, I love it. This is gold. Keep going. Okay. The third mental skill we teach is the power of self-image. You never outperform your self-image. Our limits begin where our vision ends. So especially in baseball, we call this your self-image comfort zone. Imagine if, you know, I see myself, I hit 275. That's kind of where I've usually hit in, in the, the Pac-12. And so let's say, you know, I'm a junior and, you know, my, my batting average has been around like 265, 280. And so I'm like 275. That's kind of where I've been. And I start the season, I'm hitting like two, 215. I feel stressed because I'm not hitting where I see myself. And I, I'm going to get some extra hacks and get some extra work and figure it out. But if I'm hitting like 350, like I feel just as much stress because I put expectation, I put pressure on myself and I have to, I have to. And you sabotage that performance and you go back down to how you see yourself. So really it's, it's the mental skill and challenge of working on elevating how you see yourself. How can you become what you don't believe? How can you become what you don't practice? And identity, according to James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, is the number one driver of behavior. You may have heard, I'm not a, a morning person. I have a sweet tooth. I always forget names. Or I can never hit this, this type of pitcher. Or, you know, you just, you already lost. So you get to decide who you want to be. So we, we teach, you know, performers to develop your truth triangle. So draw a triangle and pick three adjectives that you want to emulate and be like. You, you get to pick. Like, I'm, I'm resilient. Um, I'm patience or you just i'm a hard worker fill, fill in the blank you just decide and start acting that way and start training those things and then like values like you know what your core values are and really living in, in those so it's like with if that's the case like i don't care where i'm playing who i'm playing i'm gonna my the goal is to be my true authentic self they play to beat us we play to be us so the, you know like if, if you get your validation from doing you're you're effed so let's get our validation from being like let's just compete you know, it's what's in, in my, in my power, like, you know, and also playing your strengths. So just kind of knowing like, okay, what type of player, like, what am I, you know, power hitter? Um, do I steal bases? Do I play great defense? Like I'm going to triple down on what I do really well and just really fill that role on this team. So kind of doing, doing some, some of that work. And then the fourth is about courage and really managing your internal state, like fear, doubt, failure. And just training, you know, how to respond to adversity, challenge, change, and success. So, like, getting your, your heart rate under control, using your breath, self-talk, you know, um, how to respond to failure. So, that type of stuff. And then the last one is what we call being process-focused, especially baseball, man. So, being clutch is doing what you normally can do when it matters most. And really having a, a being process focused processes, mental and physical routines done daily to aid performance. So your pregame routine, your pre-pitch routine, your nightly routine. I mean, just we just develop these routines 
And the goal is to treat every moment the same. There are no big moments. It's just a disfigment of our imagination. It's just, we, we, we create fake pressure. There's real pressure and there's fake pressure. And not getting hit is not real pressure. Plant, you know, getting a, a cancer diagnosis or fighting overseas in, in, in the war, that's, this is not real pressure. So if we can just train our mind, hey, focus on the process, not the pressure. Focus on the process, not the prize. And just get those routines dialed in and control what we can control. So then we talk about culture and leadership and like the power of sleep, you know, the power of like, you know, hydration. But those are like the, the five five main ones i've heard a couple and that's that's fantastic by the way i'm, I'm jazzed i love that that was a great summary uh i've heard a, a couple players say who got really into visualization especially through the meditation and say your mind can't tell the difference between a mental rep and a real rep kind of what you were just saying Facts. how have you seen like a, a study some sort of like you know a brain scan of someone like some, yeah. some sort of uh putting more meat to that because i believe it but i want to know like more how you how so you know you know what i mean so the University of Chicago researched weightlifting and they had a group lift weights for a half hour a day for a month. Group two, no lifting. Group three would just visualize lifting weights half hour a day for a month. After that 30 day trial, the group that lifted weights increased their strength by 30%. The group that didn't lift, obviously no improvement, but the group that visualized lifting weights, not physically moving, but their brain was, was feeling their body lifting weights, increased their strength by 12.5%. Like their actual and muscle mass grew. Muscle 12. strength, muscle strength increased by 12.5%. So think about this. If, hey, go like this with your arm, like this, but really fast, faster. Is that all you got? Come on, bro. All right, you can't see this, obviously, but when we were recording this, he had me do this exercise, moving my arm up and down. So it's parallel to the table. My forearm just moves up and down really fast, like I'm slapping the table in front of me. Okay, now put your arm to your side. Close your eyes. And using all your senses, I want you to visualize and feel your arm moving just like you did. Faster, go faster, 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 faster. Keep going! Okay, eyes open. When you moved your arm, your, your, your brain sent a ton of blood to, to your shoulder to, 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 go, to go to work. When you visualize, even though you didn't move it, your brain did the exact same thing. It sent, it sent, brain, it sent blood to that spot of your body. So just like, you know, when you see like a scary movie, like, bro, why, why is your heart pumping? Like, it's a, it's a scream. Your brain cannot tell the difference between a real and imagined event. Thoughts become things. And that was their, that was their like phrase, I think, that Kyle told me. Hashtag TBT. I, I've been teaching this stuff a long time. Thoughts become things. So you become what you think about the most. And everything happens twice. First in our mind, then in real life. Fear and faith have a lot in common. Which one do you choose to focus on? So it's just kind of cleaning up your mind and focusing on what you want. And having those, you know, with mindfulness training is like you can – train calm you can train clarity you can train um like I, i've seen this before like your brain wants to feel like comfortable and, and wants to like see patterns well, i've experienced this before i'm actually i'm calm so if you can do like snipers um surgeons like i mean not this is beyond just sport like music and the arts actors um so why not spend a few minutes a day going to the mind gym and just calming down your breath because we know in the moment we're going to feel nerves. That's a normal human emotion. There's going to be big moments, but have you trained your mind to be in control, to be present, to have some rituals, some routines. Um, and I know basketball, they did studies. I think this was from the Cleveland clinic where they had, they were shooting foul shots and there are three groups just like the other study. And 
the group that practiced shooting free throws increased their percentage by 24%. No, no shooting, no improvement. The group that just visualized making free throws increased their foul shots by 23%. So as you can see, man, this is the X factor if people really buy into it. But I will say this. There's like 5% who do not need this stuff. They do not need it. So we should not force mental skills on every single person. There's some people who are just either innately just got like unshakable confidence. They're super resilient and they just don't need extra stuff going on. But there's like probably that 80, 85% who are like, I, I need this so desperately. I'm a hot mess. Or I'm doing great. I want to go, I want to go even, even greater. You know, like this, this is for me just to, to maintain success and to just see, you know, you know, the phrasing I like to always say is like the body has limits. Like we physically have limits you know, physically, but the mind is limitless. Have you tapped into your full potential and what you can do by just uncovering and just giving tools to get out of your own way and just unlocking just greatness? Like, I mean, how many of us are fully maximizing our full God given potential going to the way room is just not going to, not going to solve it. Have you noticed yourself implementing that in life, not in baseball, just as a person when it comes to fearful things, confidence things in your life or, or a, a friend comes to you and needs advice and you start to talk to him like he's a baseball player using the same concepts, but it's not about baseball. How, how does that come into play? Yeah. Well, I don't just coach baseball people. I coach business executives. I coach salespeople. I coach athletes of all types. I, t- I coach teachers, principals. I mean, so this is like life stuff. This isn't just baseball stuff. This is everything. The stuff I just talked about self-awareness, self-talk, self-image, courage, and, and process over outcome. That's life. So, and I'm so passionate about this because I was a hot mess for a long time. I, I hit anxiety. Um, my story is I used to like stutter pretty bad and it was all fear-based. It was all, was not present. I was like anticipating not screwing up. Therefore I would screw up. So therapy, speech therapy, you know, doing Toastmasters for three years, giving speeches every week. Um, and just having the, the empathy, like I know what it feels like to have this full on panic attack. I know what it feels like. So let's just talk about prehab. I mean, let's just, let's get ahead of it. And know we're going to have some trauma and some things we want got to work through, but my goal is to make, make, make this stuff cool and, and to, and to make it normal. It's like to, to normalize it. And like, well, you're not doing this. Like Russell Wilson has a, a full-time dude, seriously, but Michael Jordan, Kobe, they had a guy named George Mumford, the goats. So you don't want to do this stuff. Come on. What would you say to people who maybe they're not, you know, don't have the chance to work with you or maybe hopefully they do i'll post your link in the in the episode description and they can and they can look you up but what would you say is like a step for someone listening to this conversation and, and thinking man i i love what i'm hearing but now now what what's one thing that i can practically start with so it says a lot a lot of stuff what, what would you say yeah so i would say this show me your habits i will show you your future so if you don't make it a daily habit you will not see change so just a simple low-hanging fruit to train the mental game for you is to do what I call the four-minute mental workout. Like, honestly, if people listen to this, like how many hours do you spend on IG, Twitter, Netflix, YouTube, Google? I'll tell you what, phones, phone, our phones are, is, is a drug, man. And it's addicting. I mean, it's just as addicting as like crack cocaine or gambling. And it's like, what's the ROI on that stuff? Like, I guarantee when you are looking back on your life, you never are going to say, I wish I crushed more Amazon Prime and Netflix. So I would say, let's just carve out some, some daily habits. We call this habit stacking. What's a habit you already do? 
like exercising or drinking your morning coffee or brushing teeth, let's add this four minute mental workout and let's do it daily. And it's four steps. So we're going to breathe for one minute. We're going to take four deep breaths and just practice calming ourselves and noticing tension tightness. So right now, bro, why don't you take a slow deep breath and just notice where you're kind of tight and where you're, I can already see your posture has completely changed and you're just more aware. Yeah. So your breath is always connected to the present moment. So we literally just take four deep breaths. We call this six to eight breathing. So really in one minute, you should get four, four breaths in and just connect to the present moment and just observe and, and really train your mind to be in the present moment. So in that one minute frame, a thought might come and go. Just It's okay. Just recognize it and just gently come back to your breath. That's like doing bicep curls for your focus muscle. So I think the biggest misunderstanding about mindset training and working the mental game is when, I, hey, what do you do to train your mind? People say, well, I've tried to meditate and it doesn't work. So working the mental game is not putting your thumbs and your fingers and chanting a mantra for like an hour. So even just one minute a day of breathing, even if you just did that, dude, that's super dope and we're good. But now let's keep adding to this. So now you breathe for a minute. Now we get into what I call the HA method. It's an acronym for I have, I am, I will. So this is all backed by science too, by the way. I'm not just randomly throwing this stuff out there. So I have is gratitude. To take a moment and focus on, focus on what, what you have. Because most of us wake up and we look in the mirror, look at Instagram and focus on what we don't have. So if we can train our mind, if we can condition, so we call it mental conditioning. Conditioning your mind unlearn what you've learned and learn what is going to serve you better. And there's research out of Cal Davis, a daily gratitude practice lowers cortisol by almost 30%. Pended research, people who wrote down gratitude for a week lowered the numbers of depression and anxiety. So there's this hard science on gratitude. And I know what you're thinking, Colin, like, gosh, gratitude. It's, I've heard this before. Like it's like soft and woo woo, but no dude, gratitude, like, like being resilient and being gritty is rooted in optimism and gratitude. It just is. You can't give what you don't have. So let's start with abundance. This speech I'm about to give, this performance, it's not a, a have to, this is a get to. I get to be here. So it's just lowering our threshold for gratitude. You know what I'm saying? Uh, then the, the other part of that, we're going through the hot method. So breathe, I have, and I am. This is affirmations. So positive self-talk. So just... I'll tell you what separates the great performers from average or below. Like they have elite self-talk. They just do. If you've heard Russell Wilson mic'd up, which you can go on Google and listen to him. This is what he says. I am here. I'm built for this. I am here. Why not me? Believe I am here. I'm built for this. He's talking himself into it, not out. So listeners, you focus on what you want or what you don't want. You focus on who you are not or who you are. So it's just training confidence. And there's research from the BBC lab in the UK, Dr. Andrew Lane, the number one source of confidence is self-talk. Let's go. So let's train elite self-talk every day. And I would have you memorize three affirmations, your three I am statements, just to start. My affirmations, my I am statement says, I am authentic, I am present, I am courageous. I'm authentic, I'm myself. Everyone else is already taken, I'm gonna be the next me. And then I am present. I'm right here in this moment. All, the, all, the, all that matters now is this moment right here. And I'm courageous. Get those butterflies in formation. Nerves is a signal. Something awesome is about to happen. Let's go. And then I will is the last one. So you would set your intention. I will. Set your intention for the day. 
how are you going to show up? What, what do you want to execute? And then connect to your goals bigger than you. Just connect to these visions and create these neural pathways and these, these mental grooves to attract and to, hey, I've been here before. This is, I'm elevating my self-image comfort zone. Four minutes. Breathe. I have. I am. I will. There you go. That's all you need. Compared to when you were maybe at Washington State or whatever age you were at where you hadn't learned this stuff, you hadn't put it into use, you were still stuttering, all that, compared to where you're at now, what you've learned about yourself, about the human race, did you feel like you learned, like you see humans in a different way? Our bodies, our, our mindsets, like how complex we are or something about as you're learning all these things about what, what it means to lead a successful life, how to be confident, mm. did you start to think of, man, we are a different type of species? I know that's kind of a philosophical question, but th did you have sort of that like mind opening about just who we are and what it means to live a, a successful life? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's laws of gravity. There's laws of buoyancy. There's laws of success. They're fundamental truths. So we like to say success leaves clues. There's certain things that successful people, not just successful, but people who are fulfilled and are just maximizing what they have. Um, and what we know about these people is they found a way to use their brain, to use their mind, to think like mind over matter. Like there's so many people who have less aptitude, less IQ, less talent, but they're crushing all of us because they've somehow realized that the equation of success comes down to two things, drive back by belief. So we know that the people who have success have this internal hunger, this drive, this obsession, but also backed by this like inner belief, like in really confidence and belief isn't, you know, I, I know I'll be perfect or it'll work. It'll be, I'll be successful. Like, no, I know I, I can figure it out. The greatest resource is resourcefulness. So just knowing that, you know, whatever the brain can conceive and believe it can achieve. And the biggest thing that's stopping us is ourself. So it comes back to this basic phrase is our limits begin where our vision ends. So it's time to, you know, expect abundance. Um, and I think if I can just add one thing about the law of success, the X factor to all this stuff is serving other people is being, being kind, being a servant leader, humbleness, and just looking, I say, seek to serve, don't swerve. Like, look, have a daily intentional act of kindness, not random, like be intentional about helping other people. A rising tide lifts all ships. So there are a lot of assholes out there that are successful, but they're not fulfilled. They're always chasing something else. So I'm talking about success and fulfillment. So just picturing what you want and really, and that's kind of maybe step one is, you know, what do you want? Most people can't answer that. So really define it and get and crystallize it and, and, and connect to this question, why do you want it? You know, the, the goal is the pull, but the why is the push. And then I think question number three is super simple, but it's very important. Are you interested or committed? And I would say that's what separates the, the best from average is like they're, they're going to storm the island. They're going to burn the boats. There's, there's no plan B, man. They're going to figure out a way to make it happen. <laughs> and it's this concept, you know, um, it's, you know, um, the, the the saying is you know it ain't over till it's until it's over or the fat no it ain't sinks. over till i win it ain't oh. over till i win okay so this is simon <laughs> sinek playing the infinite versus that finite game so i'm never stopping and i'll do whatever it takes and it's i'm going to commit to these behaviors behaviors precede success 
And so many people want that instant gratification. I need to see it overnight. If it doesn't happen overnight, I'm going to quit. No. If you're committed to the process, I hate the phrase, the pursuit of happiness. Heck no, the pursuit is happiness. Love the journey. So know what you want, know, know why you want it, and be committed to that process. Do whatever it takes. And serve people, invest in your, in your in development with audiobooks, podcasts, mentors, stop watching garbage. That's not going to help you. Um, and and just, just, just commit to that process. And, uh, you know, just start formally training your mind. I love it. I will say the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness was fantastic, but you're right though. The journey is what, <laughs> but I mean, unless yeah. you didn't, I, I don't know. Maybe well, just you the, the, the phrase is basically, so it's saying like, so you need to have something first in order to be happy. For sure. No, I, I agree. But that 100%. is a good movie though. That's a, that's a great true story of perseverance and overcoming oh, yeah. and grit. But uh, yeah, I would say yeah, the, the number one trait of the top performers in the world is they have grit. They yeah. are able to be resilient. They're able to respond at a high level. So E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. Maybe last thing, when you were playing for Washington State or in interaction since then or talking with Kyle, how much have you, I don't know if you ever talked to Pat Casey, known much about the culture of his program or Mm -hmm. have, you know, anything to say about Pat, but what's, what's your opinion on the sort of culture he implemented at Oregon State? Yeah, well, I knew Pat when I was in high school getting recruited from schools and I, I played in a few tournaments in high school and, and my dad, Jerry Henderson ran baseball tournaments all over the Northwest. And at Goss, we had tournaments. So I used to run maintenance um, when I just, when I was in grad school and stuff at Goss. So I got to meet um, Marty and coach Casey and um, gosh, who was the other assistant there? Dan Spencer or coach uh, Spence. Yes. Yeah. Coach Spencer. So I just got to see, I mean, to me, I think what elevated that program was like the standard, like the standard of excellence and like who, I mean, Corvallis, Oregon, we can recruit top players or we can win three national championships. And that is right there. An example of it's not location or history or fill in the blank, it's that belief and it's that commitment and that standard. Are you interested or committed? Let's recruit the guys who are committed. Let's commit to the process. Let's be great teammates, but let's believe. How can you become what you don't believe? So Coach Casey just established that culture. We can win the natty here. And let's recruit guys that believe that too. And they're going to back it up with their actions because a lot of people want all that. They want the bling and the ring and the accolades, but they're not willing to do the work. So it starts with belief and it's followed by action. How crazy is it that, I mean, you would know Oregon state of all places, Pacific Northwest, like that, that there's no college baseball is not centered around Oregon and Washington. No. And I, I look at, I look at Washington state. So we went to two Rose bowls in six years in Pullman, Washington. We were conference champions twice in six years. So it doesn't matter the location. It's just, I think culture is so important. And what I like to say is four to one. Think about four to one, four colon one, four is to one as the mind is to the body, four is to one as culture is to talent. So if we believe in each other, if we believe in ourselves, we have elite culture. Now I will say this though, man, talent really helps. (laughs) So if you can recruit like a dominant Friday starter and you got some arms in the bullpen and you got some bats who can hit bombs like that and some speed that helps. But if you have that great cohesion and that great trust and, you know, it's about us and it's not about me, we over me. And that's hard in college baseball because all these guys were ballers in high school and everyone wants to play and only a handful of guys get to play. So that's probably where, you know, at the higher levels, you know, 
I said, call is like, so these guys transfer or they're like cancers. So just having that program where, you know, we're going to, we're going to commit to excellence in the classroom, in, in, in town, we're off the field, you know, how, how we train, how we get ready to go. I think just, I think when I think of coach case, I think of like just that, that high standard. Yeah. No, you're totally right. That's that's totally a feeling I've gotten from other other players, Kyle Noback included, and he would know because Pat Casey got after him hardcore. I don't know if he ever told you the story is what Pat he Casey definitely told me that story. He told me that story, and it's like he wouldn't have done that unless he really saw something great. And I, but I think what Coach Case, Coach Case, like other good coaches, they'll get on your ass, but they'll at least give you some hope. They'll give you something to balance that a little bit. You know. Um, so never playing for him, but just kind of knowing him just uh, from my experience, again, like playing at Goss in high school and tournaments and then, you know, doing some of those tournaments and being around him. You know, I just, you look at, he built that thing from the ground up yeah. and it took a long time. <laughs> and he was there for a long time. You know, how many, uh, how many programs now give, you know, coaches that, that, that much time? Right. A decade before he made a college world series came in in 95. It wasn't until 05 that they got there. 06 to win it. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and 04 was my, was my last year. Wow. Yeah. So, well, thanks so much Colin for your time. I, I can yeah. tell while you're friends with Kyle, I, I pick up a lot of what Kyle said and you, and there's a lot of overlap and it's like, if you didn't already know each other, I would have been like, you got to meet Kyle Novak and I would have texted yeah. Kyle your number, but I'm, I'm glad no. that you know each other. Thanks for talking. Yeah. He's got a huge heart. I mean, he's, um, what a just a great human being and you know i'm excited for him and he's so young and he's he's a young coach just kind of getting started so i mean sky's living for him but talk about leadership on that team i mean you can't be successful without like elite leaders and i like to say this man peer pressure goes both ways goes negative and positive so if you got your leaders that are pushing people to do the right things and kyle was was that was that teammate I don't know if you have the same feeling as I do after listening to Colin Henderson, but it's people like him where I hear them talk and I think, man, this guy's got everything figured out. I mean, not really, obviously, but it is almost intimidating to think, man, he has so much knowledge and background information about how to process through life and be more successful, be more mentally prepared and conditioned to live a successful life, an effective life. And I hope you got a lot out of Colin Henderson's conversation. I know I want to listen back through it and uh, gather a lot out of it. And I'm glad and honored to have had this conversation with him. I'm also interested to hear what you think about an episode not with an Oregon State student athlete. Again, I'm still going to bring you Beaver-related content and former OSU student athletes, all of their stories. But let me know what you think about this conversation, what it would look like to broaden the horizons a little bit, although I'll keep this podcast, Beaver Tales, after all, will be Oregon State-related uh, going forward still. But let me know what you think. Uh, my Twitter handle's at BrightTies, the word bright, the word ties. Also, my email is in the, uh, in the description. You can subscribe to this podcast, and you can respond to that email and start a conversation there. My thanks again to Colin Henderson for coming on the podcast. Good night, go Beavs, go Cougs, until we talk again. I've been your host, Josh Warden.